Hey, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kelly. And we've been friends for 15 years. We're the hosts of Meet Cute and Mistletoe, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the most ridiculous aspects of today's holiday romance movies. We met while working at a publishing company and became friends through our shared love of sci-fi dramas and rom-coms, especially those Christmas ones. Years ago, I started hosting Christmas movie nights at my house where the festivities moved from drinking games to full-on bingo, calling out the common tropes and themes of these formulaic love stories. But with this year's pandemic, the holiday season looks a bit different. We might not be able to meet up in person, but we can still have a good time. The Christmas party has gone digital and you're invited. So grab a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and cozy up with us while we discuss this week's meet cute. Hi, Lindsay here. Kelly again. For today's episode, we watched The Holiday Calendar, a Netflix original film that will leave you asking, so was that advent calendar magically powered by the dead grandmother's ghost? Hmm. (laughs) Seriously. The Holiday Calendar is a couple of years old, so if you haven't watched it on Netflix yet, we highly recommend And we also recommend downloading a holiday rom-com bingo card from our website, free because we love you cuties. We hope they're adding some extra fun to your holiday rom-com watching experience. Feel free to share around with family and friends. There's a variety of different bingo cards in the single PDF download. You will find those bingo card PDFs posted on meetcuteandmistletoe.com or follow the links on Twitter at mcmistletoepod and all other social at meetcuteandmistletoe. Play along as you watch the movie on your own. We'll be calling out all the tropes here as we discuss, so be forewarned, spoilers ahead. But save that center square for the end when we decide on the most over-the-top moment of today's film. Before we start recapping, though, Kelly has concocted another special treat just for this movie occasion. Kelly, what did you make? I loved this movie, and I wanted to make something that was equally heartwarming and cozy, And uh, this week I made a peppermint hot chocolate. It's an Italian style hot chocolate, meaning it's thicker, creamier, and richer than a traditional hot cocoa and can be a meal on its own. Uh, It's topped with a dollop of light and subtly tangy coconut whipped cream that's also flavored with a bit of peppermint extract. Uh, You can also make it an adult beverage as well by adding a touch (laughs) of me and Lindsay's favorite, Peppermint Pepper schnapps. <laughs> Peppermint schnapps. Schnapps. <laughs> to make it at home, get the recipe on our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com. I love Italian hot chocolate too. You're right. It's totally a meal on its own. So now that we've got our bingo cards and peppermint potentially schnapps, hot chocolate in hand, (laughs) it's time to peruse the holiday calendar. To recap, act one, the boy is back in town. 
we meet Abby, a talented photographer stuck in a dead-end job that she hates, taking family photos for an uptight boss, because of course she is. Then we meet her family, who's generally loving and supportive, except for her quote-unquote hobby photography job, as they call it, instead of working for the family law, for, law firm as they would prefer. Luckily, she has some good buffers, a compassionate grandfather, a supportive sister, and her longtime best friend, Josh, who just got back from traveling the world and has decided to move back to stay. Josh and Abby learned photography together and have this cute little like fake photo pose thing that they do together, which I think is so much more creative than having a weird <laughs> childhood handshake, <laughs> cough back to Christmas cough. <laughs> um, so screenwriters take notes. <laughs> it's so cute. I yeah. like the first time they did it, I was like, hmm. but then it grew on me, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I guess they were hoping for that, like yeah. if it didn't and it just ended up weird and annoying the whole time. But yeah, like when, uh, you know, third wheeled guy shows up later, he's kind of like, oh, hmm, that's cute about it. But I was like, no, it is. It really yeah. is cute. It is. <laughs> While the Sutton family gathers to take their annual family Christmas photo, Abby's grandfather gifts her some antique advent calendar that he says her grandmother would have wanted her to have. She pops it in the trunk and takes Josh to see what she's been dreaming up for work, which is a studio space where she could do her own work and showcase others' art. Josh is all about the idea and determined to help her make it happen. They chat a bit about the advent calendar and he's right it totally looks like an old timey dollhouse <laughs> like i was trying to figure out what is up with this calendar um but they can't open it so they decide it must be defective however when we close up the act abby's fast asleep as the calendar starts to magically glow and it's like Dana, what's gonna happen <laughs> so Let's jump back and chat about a few things. Um, yes. Josh supposedly traveled between New Zealand and New Amsterdam in one week's time. Hmm. She's like, you were in New Zealand? He's like, no, New Amsterdam. I was like, does anyone here have a map? <laughs> they're not near each other at all. <laughs> Just because they're both called new. <laughs> He's a jet setter. <laughs> That should have been her first clue that this boy has money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also couldn't help but note that her mother was like, how do you like this year's tree? The theme is ornament splendor. Are tree themes a thing, Kel? Mm. Mm. I think <laughs> maybe boomer moms. I don't know. <laughs> I guess like my whole life, the, tr- the the Christmas tree theme has been all the exact same trimmings we had last year, <laughs> plus whatever I may have added in. <laughs> right. 
Right. The theme is I broke AF and I don't have money to buy all new tree trimmings. My, the same tree we've had for the past five years is a pink tree. Uh, and Love the same it. penguin uh, ornaments. Amazing. I mean, I guess, yeah, like that's a theme in and of itself. (laughs) Okay. The last thing that I wanted to bring up, Josh is cute. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I thought he's super cute. Um, I am here for it and his like braids and everything. However, Mm. that being said, I am, I really want to tweeze between his eyebrows mm. was that something that was on your radar at all like no. it was like distracting to me oh okay so maybe it's just me. me but I mean I feel like some people have their quirks like you know maybe someone has like a crooked tooth or maybe okay. like a lazy eye or you know what I mean like that's his thing and it's his lazy know. eye <laughs> I mean you know what I'm saying like look I'm not trying to you know, you know, bring Josh down here, but right, I just right. was, I found myself like staring in the middle of his forehead, like mm. in between his eyes rather than at other points of his face. Mm. So maybe just me. Um, I, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that. I, I just, I was looking at the whole package and I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at I, I was like, I, <laughs> mommy likes. <laughs> um all right well fair enough (laughs) so um what would you like to share from this section of the movie I have two major points that I think are really important that we bring up okay the the good one first (laughs) is uh I love that our lead is biracial yes Uh, with an African-American father. I love seeing this diversity from the get-go. And I love Abby's character. She's smart. She's fiercely independent. She's creative. She's talented. And of course, she's gorgeous. Um, Cat Graham has an electric smile. Oh, she's gorgeous. I love this in our leading lady. And being a multiracial woman myself, I thoroughly appreciate the representation here. Um, You know, they didn't have many women of color on TV and, and, um, and movies when I was a kid growing up. And I love that we are in a place, finally, when Finally. we we have the girls, you know, the little girls now are watching television and movies and they're seeing so much representation and it just really kind of tugged at my heartstrings and yeah. um, made me love this movie even more because it's so diverse. And thank you. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> like, I feel like so many movies when they do any sort of casting that isn't all white leads, then it's somehow someone's people stick out as like a sore thumb in a weird way because they're either not given like a believable character or they're not, you know, there's like nothing, not really like substance to them. And it's just like, yeah, all of these people genuinely seemed like, they're in the relationships that they are with each other and they have a fully formed character and backstory. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you are able to like have that representation and see yourself in things where that's been just this weird desert. Yeah. Not yeah. to say that there wasn't representation back when I was a kid, but it's it, few and far between. It's few and far between. And now we have, you know, we have women, you know, of color who, uh, you know, can be and are vice presidents. We have women of color in these, you know, snap, snap, snap. Uh, we have <laughs> representation where it was just long overdue. And yeah. uh, I appreciated this movie because of that. And it, and it really got me emotional. So Aww. in a good it's way. Also a, <laughs> yeah. It's also a genre that like doesn't have representation. Yes. It, it's, it's annoyingly white. Yes. Not not a fan. Not a fan of yeah. that. I want to see more romantic comedies have diversity across the board. Right. Oh, okay. What's the other one? Okay. So now I have a not so great. <laughs> so there is a glaring age disparity between the Sutton family casting that I feel like we should seriously address. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because it always strikes me as weird. Okay. I always forget who's with who because of it. Right. So, okay. The, I'm like, how do I, how do I unpack this? It's a lot. Uh, (laughs) At the time of filming, the actress playing Abby is 29 years old. Okay? Okay. Okay. The dad, the, the man who plays the dad, the actor, is 44 years old. Okay. The mom is 55 years old. That at does the not time surprise of me. Okay? Yeah. So, if we do the math here, the <laughs> ten, there is a 10-year difference between the mom and dad, right? Right. The grandpop is 61 years old. So that means the dad is only 15 years older than his daughter. Yeah. And he's 17 years younger than his father. And the mom is only six years younger than <laughs> the grandpop. <laughs> I mean... Some of these aspects are definitely plausible. We've got, you know, we've had young, young parents, you know, someone can definitely have a kid at 15 and 17. That's not, were you going to say something? No, I was just thinking that means he's 15 and she's 25 when they have her. (laughs) That's exactly what my point was. And Sarah is the, and the sister. She is, check this out, 34 years old at the time of filming. So does that mean he was 10 <laughs> when he had her and the mom was 20? So every like, single dude, time, I've like watched this. Let that sink yeah. in. This shit is illegal and gross. <laughs> you're like mic drop um every single time i've watched it i've been like 
okay, so he's with the sister. Whoops. No, he's not. He's the dad. (laughs) Because, like, that first scene where they all, like, it's like him with his two daughters. the couch, yeah. It doesn't read as a dad with two of his daughters. And then until the mom pops in and is like, yeah, do you need money, hon? Like... (laughs) And then it's like, oh, oh, okay. And I I guess they were trying to just basically assume that no one would notice. I think they just cast the dad, uh, too young of a guy to play the dad. And the sister character, it seems a lot older than Abby. I think, I think it's just a case of like maybe were they going with did they have a bunch of different people and and they they went with someone on his acting ability versus his looks which for sure i prefer acting ability of course <laughs> over to over looks but yeah i have always thought about that and i was like oh it must just be me so i'm actually really glad you brought it up <laughs> Well, I've seen this movie like four times or something, yeah, but yeah, every same. single time I've thought that. <laughs> right. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm all about older women and younger men. <laughs> but like about it, about 25, it. 25 to 14, 15. Yeah. Okay. That's, but that's when I was like 10 and yeah. 20. What? <laughs> I had to math. <laughs> And we should never have to math with a movie like this. We'll just jump right into the bingo for this section. All of the tropes that are off the bat, there's quite of a few. We've got a reunion with Josh showing back up. Cute kid with her little niece. Disapproving family with her parents wanting her to work at the law firm. A ridiculous holiday sweater on her grandpa (laughs) for no reason at all. (laughs) A dead loved one when they start talking about Grams. And (laughs) awkwardly, after he's like shares this whole personal, it's sad and, and I'm having a hard time living, moving out of the house and living with new neighbors. Then he immediately is like, anyways, enough about me. (laughs) It's like, what? What? It was like, I was actually invested in that storyline. And then it was like, they went like, Hey, by the way, it's a rom com. Mm. (laughs) Unexplained holiday magic. (laughs) (laughs) the town scrooge um the whole conversation between josh and abby about how she isn't in the christmas spirit sets her up to be the scrooge of this movie yes and she's a workaholic once we learn that she's too tired from her day job to do any of her own photography it's it's not to the degree that we typically see of the trope where they're like I just love being on my phone 24-7, whatever I need to do to call into the office back in the big city. But it was still definitely the trope of like, she works too hard and can't find time for love and relationships. Um, And then, as I mentioned, we've got some unexplained holiday magic going on with the glowing insides of that advent calendar. Dollhouse. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so rolling into act two, something's up with this calendar. Mm. Abby's dressed in the most adorable elf-like costume for taking Santa photos at the Christmas village. I know she doesn't like it, but it is a really cute uniform, I think. She's adorable. It's, yeah, it's utter mayhem at the Christmas village. So so she calls in Josh and his friend Fernando to help. And I legit love Fernando. Or as he calls himself, El Fernando. (laughs) (laughs) He's so excited to be an elf. And he has this extreme enthusiasm for not letting Santa down on this job. And I was just like, I heart you el fernando (laughs) how sweet is it that josh is just like so ready and willing to help her out moment like where's the costume and i'm just like yeah he great guy she's like i'm so sorry thank you so much and kind of just assumes obviously that like she's kind of also doing him a favor because he just got back from this trip and i'm sure he must need a job so you know here come do this but he plays off when she like you know thanks him for coming there he's like what i've always wanted to wear an elf outfit <laughs> He's totally game for it, it. (laughs) and it's adorable. Yeah. And as they're, like, leading kids up there to go take photos, he's also like, best job ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's cracking up over it. Um, On her way out the door that morning, Abby had seen that the calendar actually did work and had opened up door number one to reveal a pair of figurine boots which she thought nothing of until Josh gifts her a pair of actual leather boots that he got for her on his world travels. And she's like, hmm, weird. Until every day starts to go the same. Some new figuring pops out of the calendar in the morning and then something related to it happens during the day. Weird? Agree. Totally weird. (laughs) Um, I appreciate that this movie is also like, yeah, dude, it's totally weird. Just go with it. Mm. And I was like, you know what, movie? I will. Happy to. Thank you for addressing that this is weird. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like if more of these movies did their unexplained holiday magic and then went, huh, isn't that weird, guys? We could all just address it and move on. (laughs) Yeah, well, and it's like, we. I'm glad that we have two lead characters who are smart enough to actually ask questions and talk about what's actually happening. Like, Abby continually asks her grandfather, like, is this magic? Like, what is (laughs) this This is normal, right? (laughs) And I also appreciate that Josh isn't dismissive when she talks about the possibility of the weirdness of this calendar and he even is just like kind of like yeah clearly the calendar is magic like really like (laughs) off his shoulder says it and I'm like he gets it I feel I I kind of think that that's probably how I would be I mean yeah lord knows I'm like a very very realist Capricorn here (laughs) but (laughs) probably have some scientific questions (laughs) but I would also if a friend was like 
talking to me about something like that, I would probably just be like, oh, yeah, super interesting. Cool. And uh, not like give them a hard time for it for, or something. So right. I appreciate that, that that's how he, how he approaches it as well. He just decides to have fun with it. Yes. Yeah. So obviously he thinks that it sounds rad until the calendar basically throws her into the arms of the blandest eligible bachelor doctor character of all time. (laughs) And they start going on lots of dates, like lots of dates, an entire montage of dates. Um, Ty Walker is the most sought after single dad at Abby's niece's school. And she has snagged him, which I'm sure really means something to some people in some circles. (laughs) Her sister sure seems to be eating it up. I was like, oh, okay. This is not relatable to me. (laughs) The second act ends with Abby enlisting Josh to help her watch over what she's now is certain is her haunted advent calendar, and he happily obliges. Kelly, what do you want to bring up from this section? I, okay, so we kind of delved into it earlier. I do want to point out now that we, um, by the second act, we have more scenes with the Mr. Singh character and the Fernando character. I feel like with all the diversity strides that this movie presents in its casting, it does go a few steps backward with the over-exaggerated accents. Mm, Um, Yeah, Fernando has quite an exaggerated accent. And and both of them do. And they're both Canadian-born actors, by the way. So this is not their... They're they're definitely acting these accents. They're not... They're put-upon accents. They're not their authentic voices. I double-checked because I wanted to be sure, of course. Interesting. So I don't understand. It just kind of reinforces stereotypes for me. Yeah. And my question is, was this really a necessary layer that the producers felt that they had to add to the characters uh i i don't think so i i just feel like we need to quit with these stereotypical accents whenever we have people of color on our screens um and you know having an accent doesn't and shouldn't define a character nor should it equate comic relief yeah i totally think you're right on the monday that money there where you're saying that it is equated as comic relief. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of like this easy way to go for a laugh, it seems like. Yes. And everything that I love about, I could take it or leave it with the boss character. Everything that I love about the Fernando character has nothing to do with the over-exaggerated accent that he's doing. I think that he would have been just as lovable, just as great of a character. And his name could have still been Fernando, and they still could have made the El Fernando pun joke there. Right. So, exactly. I think it's a really good point. Yeah. That was my other series. (laughs) wanted to break it up i wanted to bring up that i thought it was insane 
that Dr. Ty is driving around <laughs> without his Christmas tree tied down at all on top of his car. And he makes this comment about like, oh man, they said like bungee cord, not twine. But I like went back and like slow-mo watched that and there is no twine. They just straight up have it appear as though he set a Christmas tree on top of his car and then just went for it. And this guy's a doctor. <laughs> like, shouldn't he be at least slightly smarter than this? <laughs> I thought that was so weird. Well, luckily he's not a surgeon. <laughs> he was driving really fast. I think yes! that turn, I don't know who the stuff driver was, but they definitely had a really great time with that. Dukes yeah. of Hazard style driving. <laughs> I was just like, it's snow for one. So let's <laughs> let's slow our roll. And second of all, you know you put a Christmas tree up there that you know the person said, don't put it up there that way. And he's like, oh, it'll be fine. What's the worst that could happen? Ugh. I was like immediately annoyed with Ty. I was like, this is not cute. This is not a cute meet cute. This is annoying me. And they're like, oh, hmm, uh, well. Uh, so it brings us to our bingo, which since we're talking about it right now, car trouble, obviously a trope that they pulled out here uh, for their meet cute with Ty the Doctor. We've got some carol singers and a Santa suit in the Christmas village. And then there's a dance number when she goes to her niece's school and it's a cute kid dance number, which killed me. I was like, this is so stinking cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rolling right into act three. I'm not the guy. I'm the friend. (laughs) It's morning and Abby fell asleep on Josh's shoulder on the couch after sitting there to keep watch over the haunted Advent dollhouse calendar. And are we to believe that they've been best friends for this long and have never shared a bed or crashed out on the couch together? I thought that was kind of weird. It was like, they awkwardly fell asleep with her laying her head on his shoulder. Um, Josh wakes up first and it is way obvious that he is totally in love with Abby if we haven't yet picked it up by this point of the movie. So thank you, screenwriters. (laughs) He seems generally on track for some sort of subtle easing the news of his undying love into general conversation with Abby sometime in the next, I'd say, 10 to 20 years when she excitedly shares that she has gotten that date with Ty the Bland Bachelor. (laughs) And Josh's poor face looks like he just learned that his childhood puppy died. It's like it falls instantly. Yeah. But, but he recovers well enough and plays the ever supportive best friend role. 
Um, El Fernando, however, seems confused, saying, wait, there's a guy? I thought you were the guy. And then voices all of our thoughts when Josh tells him, apparently he's not the guy. He's the friend. And you're right, Fernando. Friend zone does suck. (laughs) We head into a whole montage of dates and calendar reveals, and Abby generally seems to be enjoying it until she's not. It's exhausting and overwhelming, and even though they're doing a lot, she still barely feels like she knows Ty. The dates are all fluff and no substance. He also gives her a lot of presents. Yeah, like an awkward amount. Like that table that was just full of presents. I'm like... What, what is going on? You know, I, I, I thought that it was like her Christmas gifts for family. And then I right. was like, oh, no, he's just showering her with gifts. Like, it just, it, it really seems like there's no substance to him. He has no character, no personality. And so his personality is, I'm a rich guy who buys you things. Like, how's exactly. that going to work out with raising your daughter? Have fun with that, dude. Um, but yeah, the, the shine really starts to come off of the glitzy dates for Abby when she misses a movie date with Josh and Fernando and then shares the weird calendar predictions with Ty, who basically laughs at her for freaking out over a bunch of coincidences. Needless to say, it doesn't go over well, and they split, yes, Ty, over a calendar. (laughs) I wanted her to say, that was way harsh, Ty. (laughs) (laughs) Clueless reference. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to (laughs) Ralph. Yes, that was way harsh, Ty. Um, Okay, so Ty is definitely boring and has no substance to him. I feel like I've made my feelings on this known. Um, But that said, I really don't blame him in the, like, argument over the calendar um, or for feeling, like, blindsided by the breakup. But that said, like sorry dude be better ask a girl a thing or two about herself before whining dining and kissing her in the snow Mm -hmm. he he really knew nothing about her so then he was blindsided and i get that he's like is this really what we're fighting about but like Mm -hmm. you don't know her you haven't gotten you haven't taken the chance to get to know her so yeah it's a big deal to her because you don't even know her you don't know why it's a big deal to her right He's just, like, trying to make out with her. Do you notice that? Like, she's just trying to have yes. a conversation. And he's, like, on the couch, and he just keeps on, like, coming for it. I'm like, dude, like, get the vibe. She's not feeling you anymore. She's, like, bored. We're all bored from you. All and bored. I just want to bring up that he starts making fun about horoscopes. <laughs> and oh, then I, knew I would like, have a thing with that. I was, I was like, like mm, Kelly's going to hate this guy. Mm, no honestly it's like even if you feel that way about the calendar horoscopes whatever dude like whatever the thing is 
it, she's exactly right in being like, you just made fun of me. Yes. Like he didn't need to, he could, he could say like, oh, that seems like a coincidence to me, but how interesting, like that's really interesting that you've noticed that or, you know what I mean? Or just literally say nothing. Uh, I'm obviously like they needed a reason to break them up right. and they also needed uh, to shoehorn the calendar into this movie, which I think <laughs> for the record, there could be no holiday calendar in this movie and it would be an absolutely perfectly lovely Christmas rom-com yes. with no calendar and just the people randomly meeting on their own for the record. I think it has enough substance to the characters for that to have been like a, a great movie in, in its own. But um yeah, it just struck me as like, these are the things you say inside your head, not outside of your mouth right. to the woman that you want to then use that mouth to make out with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not as smooth as he moves. Sorry. He's not as smooth as he thinks he is. No. And I, I, another thing I just, I mean, like we clearly don't like the Thai character, but there was just another thing that he said in this scene that just really pissed me off. And so she like asks him. And so she's like, after they had gone to the shelter date or whatever, and she had, she learned from these uh, two wise men that he brings other women to the shelter to make himself look good. Right. And so she instantly smarmy. Right. So smarmy. And she's like, so how many girls did you bring to, you know, do you bring to the shelter here? I hear that you bring many girls here. And he's like, he full on says, quote, you are taking advice from two men who live on the street. And I was like, oh, hell no elitist it's super elitist and then she calls him out and she's like i thought you cared about these people is this all for show and i'm like thank you clap 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 abby thank you for standing up for yourself and for people who come from unfortunate backgrounds like how dare you judge these people and then you know pretend that you care about them you know it's uh she reads him for filth in that whole scene it's really great because yeah. honestly, he's he's set up as this like perfect guy, which I think is also interesting that he's like he's the bland white doctor guy that's like everybody wants in one of these typical movies. Yeah. And they immediately show how little of substance there is to this idea of going on a whole bunch of romantic dates where you're just throwing money around and you know doing postcard perfect I think is what they called it or something yeah types of dates that is fun but there's no substance to it and then also that there's really like potentially bad substance to him not even no substance like any substance that might be there might just be really self-centered and to make himself look good totally not feeling it Mm. bye ty (laughs) bye ty (laughs) sorry if you thought that was harsh ty Um, okay well i'm about to be a jerk all over abby for a moment now 
Um, Abby's photos are they are they good? <laughs> I, I don't need to be awful. Mm. Did you pay attention to them? I did. There was a lot of like shadow and black and white. I think they're all black. Definitely all about black. It's all about black and white. There's like they start to show as she like gets into her photography again, which she there's a lot of discussion about like her doing her own style rather than what she's like forced to do. Um, at her job, which I get it. You're doing portraiture in a very like family, family portraiture in front of a backdrop is not going to have much diversity to it um, as far as like what you can do stylistically. But with all this talk about her, like finding her own style and having her own personal style every time they do kind of like a freeze frame of her taking a picture throughout scenes i'm like okay so her style is like black and white candids and i was just very confused when i started to look at what was on her walls and there was one that's like legit as far as i can tell a close-up of a foot with like nothing like a barefoot (laughs) it was like do not quit that day job (laughs) bingo for this section we've got i believe their version of the adorably klutzy fall trope as the candy canes, the giant candy canes come domino falling onto her and, um, you know, send her to the urgent care where she meets up with the doctor. Then we've got that falling in love, falling in love montage with Dr. Ty on all of their various dates around town. The love triangle gets complicated once Josh and Fernando start chatting about how he's not the guy that they thought he was going to be in Abby's life. Ty takes Abby for a questionable charitable act. Mm. The act itself is great. The charity of it is a little bit questionable on his end when he takes Mm. her to go feed people at a shelter we get three wise men three wise sages parting advice with her grandfather and then the two men at the shelter and then we rammed out this act with a holiday breakup between Abby and Ty and good riddance. Thank you. <laughs> For act four, I'm in a fight with a calendar. Abby has decided, <laughs> can I just say, I'm like maybe the most fun coming up with the names of these different acts (laughs) i love that she said that she's like i'm in a fight with a calendar find with a calendar and i'm talking to myself yes totally great yeah so abby has decided to freeze out the calendar and ignore it completely it can't affect her life if she doesn't see it coming right 
Too bad it didn't predict that she'd lose her job, get in a big, unreasonable, unnecessary fight with Josh, and lose the advent calendar at an elementary school auction. Or did it? Because we never actually see what the calendar gave her each day. And now I really want to know, was it a pink slip, boxing gloves, and a magnifying glass? (laughs) Um, Abby talks with her sister about getting the calendar back with Fernando about getting Josh back and with her boss Singh about not getting her job back. She's decided it's time to move on. Good on you, girl. Unfortunately, the other conversations are all lost causes. An anonymous buyer bought the calendar And Josh is either on a date or visiting family in Florida. Um, He was, after all, last seen by Fernando wearing a pretty versatile shirt, as he mentions. (laughs) (laughs) It's like (laughs) (laughs) he's either on a date or he went home to visit his family. (laughs) It's one of those shirts you actually button down. Abby finally calls Josh after days of freezing him out over something that was never really his fault in the first place and tries to make amends. She leaves him a voice message and is like, please come back to whatever magical snowy Christmas village we live in. Please come back into my life. (laughs) She has some really, yeah. I mean, come back into all of our lives, please. Um, she has some really misplaced anger, like the calendar, yes. Josh with the deleted photos, the PTA mom who emptied her trunk thinking it was all school auction donations after she asked her to go do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, you got some anger issues. I thought she was just sexually frustrated. <laughs> Entirely possible. And to be honest, I'm sure that Ty would have helped out with that if he'd been given the choice, the chance. Right. right. He might not be wrong. Um, I loved her sister's pep talk in this section. She's like just staying home, looking up jobs mm-hmm. for days on her couch. And her sister comes over to, you know, get her, get her up and going back into the world again. And she goes to hug her and her sister's like, um, take a shower. You smell like Cheetos and sadness. <laughs> I want more of this screenwriting yeah, in these her, movies. Her sister's great. That was yeah. a great line. Love the support. Yeah. Love the support. <laughs> Cal, what do you have for this section? I, just one thing. I like that Abby sees Ty at the auction and they have a very adult conversation. They both it's apologize. So And Mm -hmm. I appreciate that we have a scene like this where we have two characters who acknowledge that they weren't meant for each other and they both apologize and we get that closure that sometimes, you know, us in relationships, we don't always get closure. And I liked that we have that here. And it also closes that door, you know, for good between her and Ty. And then it kind of opens a possibility of someone else coming into the picture with her and (laughs) that and actually she calls him a good guy she says you're a good guy it just 
you know, it doesn't work out. And that just reminded me of a conversation she had with her grandfather earlier in the movie when he says the problem with having a great love is the pretty good ones don't stand a chance. And I thought that was such a great quote. And that was just kind of like the underlying theme here where like, yeah, there's like good guys out there, but there's also really great guys who are out there. And um, it just kindly nicely ties up that message and, uh, you know, literally pointing to like everyone is pointing to her and saying, dude, <laughs> Josh is right there. Josh is the guy. Like, why, open up why your are eyes, you not with Josh? <laughs> right. Open up your eyes. <laughs> I've been like nodding along in agreement and then I was like oh you're on a podcast like no one can hear you nod. <laughs> yes yes to all of that also that she was it was seeming like she was in you know a little bit of a of a depression state depressed state I'll at least say and she was having some anxiety about going to the school where she knew she was going to run into this ex. And I think that it's really great advice to, as you notice the like anxiety starting to build about something to try and do what you can to meet that head on and avoid it becoming an issue of avoidance and becoming like a, a, a point of anxious energy for yourself going in the future for bingo for act four Bingo for this section, we've got an unreasonable boss becoming extremely unreasonable at this point when he off and fires her after (laughs) apparently many, many years of her being a faithful, good, loyal worker, and then having this one mishap happen, it seemed very extreme, very unreasonable. And a run-in with the ex, as we just discussed. Act five, can't imagine not having you in my life. Abby gets a call from the town mayor who's all about her personal photography and wants to book her for a session. Things are officially looking up for our heroine and just in time to as we round the last act. Gramps takes the news of grandma's missing beloved advent calendar like insanely well, insisting that it has magical powers and will find its way back to her. So when it shows up back outside her door (laughs) on Christmas morning, no one is surprised, right? (laughs) Well, Abby seems a little surprised. Um, But I'm just surprised that no one stole a giant, beautiful, wrapped package sitting out on the sidewalk. Where does she live? Where she can just leave her, like, she's gotten many packages and presents outside her door. Abby ponders all the Advent gifts that she has received from the calendar as she realizes, wait a minute. I love Josh. And that is clueless reference number two, if you guys are paying attention for this movie. And we also get our second falling in love montage as we quick, quickly replay a bunch of scenes that 
could be reinterpreted as the calendar pointing her to Josh rather than Dr. Ty. And I mean, okay, maybe, I guess. Mm. I had some questions. Mm -hmm. She finds Gramps and asks once for once and for all, is the calendar magic? And he starts like talking in riddles. He's like, <laughs> some say magic, some say fate. You better hurry. You're going to be late. Oh my God. <laughs> um, apparently the calendar also bends time because she woke up, found the calendar outside, went to her parents, didn't help her mom set the table, talked with Gramps, and then left to go meet her mystery Santa on Main Street by 8 p.m. <laughs> it's like, what is time in this city? <laughs> um, she, like, did not do any Christmasing with her family at all. No. <laughs> it's nighttime and snowing, just as the calendar predicted. And wouldn't you, jo- wouldn't you know, Josh is there to meet her. She apologizes. Yeah. Uh, when they show the the toy for the 25th, I oh, thought it yeah. was a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. You were like, we're going on Twitter? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. You're like, what will, what will today bring? <laughs> I'm going to be trending by the end of the night. <laughs> they meet up. Josh is the one who is, has given her the calendar. She apologizes. They kiss and they exchange gifts. She found and fixed the first film camera that they learned to use together. And which I thought is a totally cute gift. So and cute. He bought her the real estate space that she's been eyeing. <laughs> I was like, these don't match up. <laughs> mm. But surprise, <laughs> they're going into business together with a shared studio space. And surprise, he's actually rich from all of his time traveling as a travel photographer because. Yeah, that's a thing. Everyone who backpacks across the world taking freelance photos for a year also ends up with enough money to buy a retail space. <laughs> if Abby had just read his blog already, she would know that he wasn't a starving artist. I was like, this is completely unbelievable. He's an influencer, duh. Uh, uh, that's where this hashtag comes into that's play. What, but that's why I thought it was a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> also, considering that they're best friends, she has never read his blog, or she started up to and then stopped. Like oh, she, she said, she said, you know, I only look at the pictures. Oh. Uh, he like reminded her about to read his blog, like four times before the end of this movie like go read if you care about this friend of yours nonetheless love of your life go read his freaking blog like he's asked you to she was unemployed at one point like think about (laughs) that she was on her couch 
didn't bathe, was on the internet looking for jobs for so at least for two or three days, she wasn't doing anything. And she didn't once, while she was missing Josh, think, maybe I should read his blog. Open up a second tab right next to that fake LinkedIn (laughs) job board. I don't know. (laughs) I meant to make a note of it. I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, we time jump to next year and they're hosting a Christmas party at their studio and we close out with a legit Christmas bop, in my opinion, as Mm -hmm. Abby and Josh wish us a Merry Christmas kind of awkwardly sideways kiss each other and fade out onto the magical advent calendar glowing in the window display, which is not (laughs) creepy at all. (laughs) But like, like you go into this studio space and it's called magic calendar and the magic calendar is like in the front of the store. Like, would you steal the calendar? Like, I would go and I might take it. (laughs) (laughs) I just was like, at first I was thinking, oh, this calendar is there because it's Christmas time. And then when I noticed that the name of it is Magic Calendar, I was like, oh, this must be there all the time. And then I just started to like, look around the their studio space and question some of their design choices like they have a mantle Mm. and they felt the need to put like a mantle in there is this to do christmas photos for people like in home kind of looking and then if so are we not doing the exact same backdrop backdrop christmas family photo pose stuff that we started off the movie with like I was like wait a minute how is this studio space different from what you started off in yeah true I don't know (laughs) I don't know I just was underwhelmed (laughs) with their studio space after all of this also he's a travel photographer So are we to understand he will travel a whole bunch and then come back? So, Kel, is the calendar (laughs) the ghost of Grams? (laughs) I, I, I see what you're saying with this. And I observed that, remember when Gramps is talking to her and he says, like, Abby is just like her grandma who never Mm -hmm. made the quote holiday hoopla. And so Uh I started thinking, wait, does this calendar attract people who need the Christmas cheer? Does this calendar only like its powers are only activated in the possession of those who need to believe? Oh, so it's like powered by Christmas magic itself. That was my, the spirit, the spirit of Christmas. Is All right. activated it's by activated. <laughs> it's somehow creepier to me if it's the spirit of Christmas that's haunting it rather than her grams. <laughs> I do appreciate that they didn't end the movie with an engagement or wedding. 
So true. I even looked to see if she had a ring on that hand Same. and she did not. Because remember how they were like, oh, we have an announcement or like they kind yes. of alluded to it. And I was like, no, no, no. And then they did it. And I'm like, oh, thank you. It's one less bingo square that we get at the end, but, but I appreciate makes so much more realistic. Exactly. <laughs> even though like if anybody's going to go and get engaged in a realistic way, it's going to be like the two people who've now been dating for a year but have known each other for forever like that's a more dare i say socially acceptable (laughs) (laughs) rather than say oh i don't know a cinderella christmas in which Mm. he decides in two weeks i must be married to the woman i spent an hour talking to (laughs) Mm. yeah um yes i am with you there (laughs) more of that please in this movies too uh so for bingo in uh to round out the end of the last act of this movie we've got abby learning a lesson we've got our christmas hater discovering christmas magic with her finally embracing and loving and enjoying christmas Love was there all along between Abby and Ty. Oh, no, sorry. Love was there all along between Abby and, <laughs> like, I'm having, like, Ty PTSD. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> love was not. Uh, love was there all, love was there all along between Abby and Josh she just didn't know to look for it yet. They kiss in the snow. Then there's a declaration of love as she tells him she loves him when he goes to take a picture of her with the new old camera. And we close out the movie as we zero in on (laughs) the picture that they took together. And it's sitting on the mantle next to a stuffed reindeer. So we close (laughs) out the movie with a reindeer. (laughs) That's all of our bingos. Um, For the center square, have you picked a favorite this one was hard i think this was like the most difficult one to find a ridiculous moment so i had to like really analyze this movie um (laughs) the one moment that i thought was funny ridiculous was i don't know if you remember there's a small child that is about to take a picture with Santa and Josh is bringing him from the crowd totally. and he has a chocolate beard. <laughs> I did not know this. Is notice? he the, ki- is like he the kid who boy. kicks him in no, the shin? It's okay. not that kid. It's a different kid. It's a very subtle scene, but <laughs> like the kid full on has like chocolate all over his face and he's like holding like some sort of a chocolate ice cream or treat or something in his hand uh and but there's like chocolate all over his face but it's in the shape of a beard yeah and I just thought that was hilarious because I'm like where are his parents and are they really (laughs) allowing him to take a picture with Santa with this like chocolate smeared face and then I was like I kind of like these parents because it's going to be a really great story when this kid is older. 
like the best like uh what is it um awkward christmas what is it like yeah uh, awkward family photos yeah awkward family photos yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what i <laughs> it's a very subtle scene you it's like one of those that you're gonna have to really really watch out for um what was yours Okay. Well, in that same vein, mine was this part that just kept tripping me up when I watched and then rewatched for like recapping. And uh, it's just because of the directions that my brain started to go in with it. Um, I think, I think if they hadn't said like, oh, it's so weird that this is magic. Is this magic? And kind of like had all of that, then I would have probably had my center square be something related to like, so we're just not going to talk about the magic that's happening here. But I appreciated that they did. So instead, I, every single time that she gets the call from the mayor and she's on the phone while she's like signing a bunch of documents with her she's walking down a hallway yeah and she has her assistant standing there holding up documents for her to sign as she's on the phone with abby and she's like i bet on the photo shoot like i'm so excited come to my house we'll do a photo shoot here can you do it today i just keep thinking what are these potentially important, like, <laughs> government <laughs> mayoral documents that she's signing? And she's, like, not even looking at them, definitely not paying attention to them, super has not read them. And I was just like, oh, dear God, is this, like, what our potential, like, government people are doing? It's, <laughs> it's the just coronavirus like- stimulus package. <laughs> <laughs> five dollars each cool great (laughs) i was just like please put the phone down and read what you're about to sign i just (laughs) to me that was so weird and ridiculous that it was completely unnecessary like they had to bring another person in to stand there holding things for her to sign why did that happen so that was my favorite ridiculous moment. <laughs> um, I feel like we both feel like there's chemistry. Am I right? Between um, Josh and Abby? Yes and no. Ooh, let's discuss. So I think their friendship chemistry-wise was a 10. I, I just, like the two actors working off of each other Really, yeah. really great energy. I really be- believe that these two have been the best friends for several years and that they definitely love each other on a platonic level. Um, but I honestly am not 100% convinced in that kiss. It was <sighs> quite a anticlimactic kiss. Exactly. And yeah. I, I want to see fireworks. I... Look, this is 10 to 20 plus years of pent up romantic emotions, right? It just didn't spark for me like I thought that it would, especially for the Josh character who like has had such a thing for her for such a long time. And like, this is that moment. And yeah, just, and, and it, you know, it just, it, it's not, it's not bagging on the actors' performances at all. I think they both are excellent actors i just feel like that moment was not up to up to the hype that it could have been and 
I want to see like a Matt and Jenna 13 going on 30 like type spark yeah. or even going back to the clueless reference I want to see a Sharon Josh type kiss like yeah. that like energy and that magnetism that's what I was expecting and hoping for because I love these two characters and I l- was loving seeing them fall for each other it's just that moment was just kind of meh I also I totally agree with you because every single time what was going through my head every single time, it makes it sound like I've watched this like (laughs) on repeat for months. (laughs) Every, so whenever I've seen that scene, I'm like, how are you, how did you not just like go jump on him? Like, I feel like it would be some sort of like, we're so excited. And yeah, it, it, definitely like that the kiss outside and then even when they kiss again no do they kiss again inside i guess they just kiss outside and then and then at the the, like awkward sideways kiss okay so now i'm wondering maybe someone was sick when they were filming and they were like oh we won't make you guys do like a lot of kissing well i'm like it's like a pg rated movie too but i was like would it have made it PG-13 to have them like have show a little excitement in that kiss like I'm like dude kissing in the snow is such like a quintessential romantic comedy like I'm just thinking Bridget Jones's diary here which is one of my favorites actually I think my favorite movie of all time and that magnetism that in that kiss with her and um and Mark Darcy like that's what I want to see. Like these two characters we've been rooting for, for this entire movie. And then that kiss was just like, eh. So excited. Yay. Guess, I guess we'll start the rest of our lives together now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. I do think they have great, like, interaction chemistry and for their banter and, and, they deliver a believable performance as people who enjoy being in each other's presence, which can't always be said for one of these movies, (laughs) but yeah, it definitely struck me as a fault of the direction for Mm, the, the kiss, the kisses that happened. Exactly. Because it seemed to me like, that's on the director to be like okay let's try it this way and oh my god what if that was like their what what if that was their steamiest kisses right. <laughs> what if they took what if they did other takes that were like somehow more brother and sisterly yeah mm-hmm. um now that we've read their chemistry i want a, a reality check so what real life things did you learn about this movie? A lot of really fun stuff for you this week. So Can't we wait. discussed Kat Graham earlier who plays Abby. She is a gorgeous, amazing actress, so talented. She's also a singer and dancer. Uh, we may recognize her as Bonnie Bennett in The Vampire Diaries if you want. Hell yes, we do recognize mm-hmm. her. <laughs> Uh, I didn't always love her in that. And I think that her acting has improved yes. from like, you know, season one, which of course it would. Um, yes. Josh 
is Quincy Brown. Um, and he's also a singer. He has been on different shows as well. Uh, Star on Fox, I believe, is another show that he's been on. Um, he is the son of late model Kim Porter uh, and 80s oh. R&B singer, I'll be sure. His stepfather is P. Diddy. Oh. Yes. Uh, and he then has some ins. Some ins. And then in terms of ins, we have Ethan Peck, who is Ty in the movie. And mm-hmm. he's the grandson of legendary actor Gregory Peck. To Kill a Mockingbird? Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. I'm just in shock. But if you actually look at photos of Gregory yeah. Peck, I totally see it. Whoa. Like, Ethan Peck has such a deep voice. Now I want to like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. And I think Ethan Peck did a fantastic job. Oh, I, yeah. He was it's really not on good. him that I don't like the character. I think it's... it's- I think it's a testament to his acting that we just like totally were disgusted by him <laughs> of like how good yeah. he is in that role. Yeah. Ron Cephas Jones plays Gramps, who we love, who I thought was such a great, yes. uh, uh, why Sage, just a great influence in this movie. Uh, he is an award-winning actor. He played William in This Is Us. He played uh, Bobby and Luke Cage and another Netflix vehicle. Uh, his daughter, interestingly, is Jasmine Cephas Jones. If you are a fan of Hamilton, she yeah. plays Peggy Schuyler and Maria Reynolds in the in the original Broadway show. Yeah, and she's also dating. The guy who yeah. plays like uh-huh. his son and uh-huh. I don't remember the other character. Yeah. Who's gonna be in the um in the heights. In the heights, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god. His daughter? Granddaughter. Yeah. What'd you say? Daughter? Daughter. His daughter. Daughter. Like, what a talented family. Seriously. Cat Graham's father in real life was a music executive and the godfather of two of producer legend Quincy Jones's children. Okay, so did she grow up with Quincy? So listen to this. And Quincy okay. Jones is the godfather to Quincy Brown, whom uh-huh. he's named after. So uh-huh. I am thinking maybe they've been friends for a really long time. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I don't I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And uh ooh, Netflix Universe Alert. Mm-hmm. So a quick scene from the film appeared in the night before Christmas. If you've watched the 2019 film, another Netflix movie. Um oh yes, we have. <laughs> so you know the scene where Sir Cole calls a magic box that makes Mary. <laughs> and it's a scene from this movie. And then the movie that Fernando is watching while he's on the phone with Abby uh, is in is Christmas Inheritance, which is also another Netflix original movie that came out the year before. So we have three years worth of okay. Netflix movies being referenced in their in this Netflix universe. And 
she also goes to like watch something while she is unemployed and she goes like clicking through and i think that's where we like see that she's clicking past or contemplating watching um a, the christmas inheritance exactly yep. yeah 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 okay so this easter was- eggs yeah easter eggs love it uh this was filmed in niagara on the lake and north bay ontario canada i mean was it obvious that it was filmed in canada i thought it was obvious yes it was snowy AF. <laughs> right. And another interesting fact is, although the film is set in the U.S., the Canadian ice cream company Cows, C-O-W-S, uh, you can actually see their storefront clearly in some of the background scenes. Oh. So if you is were, it known? It's a very well-known gotcha. ice cream manufacturing company. It's, the last thing was the end credit song. The, it's called Christmas Wish. It's actually sang by Quincy and Cat that that christmas bop it's both of them well 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 (laughs) i was so curious as to how we ended up with like such a such a like high energy little r&b song at the end Mm -hmm. I see. I see. That's kind of fun that they went and recorded a song together. Right. Now I'm curious if they did it before or after. Me too. Yeah. Um, So, Kel, would you recommend this movie? Absolutely. I loved it. I love the diversity. I love the strong leads. More movies like this, please. Thank you. Yeah. I felt like it was well acted it was like fun but not absolutely ridiculous it was not unwatchable in its absurdity it was very tongue-in-cheek poking fun wink wink you know nods to us as watchers of these types of movies with the little Easter eggs and things like that too. So I thought it was a really well done one with the Netflix original holiday rom-coms can be a little hit or miss. So I thought this was for sure a hit. Well, guys, that's our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Meet Cute and Mistletoe, and we also hope you enjoyed the holiday calendar. Bye. Subscribe to Meet Cute and Mistletoe wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review, share with your friends, check out our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com to get the episode recipes and more. And connect with us on social at mcmistletoepod on Twitter and Meet Cute and Mistletoe on all other platforms. Meet Cute and Mistletoe is produced by Kelly Ray and Lindsay Hathaway. Music and audio by Grendel. Artwork by Renee Granillo.